0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Improvised Parenting. Today, I'm talking to one of my mentors and professors and somebody that I lovingly call friend, Beth Evans. Beth Evans is an author, and she is the founder of Heart for Kids The book she recently authored, her most recent book, is called Embracing the Gift of parenthood how to create a loving relationship with your children and i'll put all of the information at the end of the podcast for you on where you can find her book and without further ado i'd like to introduce the fabulous the knowledgeable the loving wonderful beth evans
1: (laughs) just beth to Lori.
0: just beth to me (laughs) oh there's no just in that (laughs) how are you today i'm fine
1: out here in california la soaking up all this sunshine we've got a beautiful day today
0: and it's just beautiful
1: being with you yay i feel the same way
0: people yes yes it's
1: great to reconnect and be able to share your platform with you it's a blessing for me
0: well, thank you so much, as it is for me, because it feels like we're coming full circle. I first met you on my learning journey when I was going through uh, college, earning my degree in early childhood education. So you planted the seed and watered it, and now here I am, and I'm coming back to find you in this beautiful arena of, of being an advocate for children.
1: Yes children and our families that's where that's where our purpose lies
0: and beautiful so I had the pleasure of reading your book and there's so many beautiful nuggets in it and I thought well we could talk for hours and make this podcast like three days long or we could break (laughs) it up into segments and we had a conversation earlier and you said what should we talk about and what came to me first and what really resonates with me is communication. Can, how do we communicate with kiddos in a way that they feel seen, heard, and wanna communicate back with us respectfully? Yes. And you have some beautiful insights on that. Well, I think it's, it,
1: it basically starts with parents Acknowledging that who they have is a gift, and that this gift comes to them as a complete package, and that what their main goal and their purpose is as parents is to discover by exploration who their child is and what the divinity of that child looks like. And acknowledging after they've discovered it, respecting it, encouraging it, nurturing it, guiding it and protecting it. That's our job as parents. And as parents, it is also our job to make sure that those that come in contact with our children, understand that that is who we expect them to be with and for our children so it's a major job but we've been given an opportunity to do something that is so unique parenting is different than any other kind of job on the face of the planet yes and it's something that we go in training for most of the time when we're on the job yeah (laughs) you know so there's going to be that trial and error Mm -hmm. there's going to be times when we make mistakes but i don't like to refer to them as mistakes as much as opportunities to learn a lesson yeah that then helps us to evolve in our parenting so as we explore our children and we discover who they are then we have to discover also How do they communicate? Because it's more important for us to be the entity in the relationship that makes the adaptations Mm -hmm. and makes the compromises and the willingness to love this child unconditionally. We have to find out how they best communicate because each child is different and unique. My mom had five. (laughs) none of us are alike (laughs) i don't know how she did it (laughs) And each personality with their individual characteristics had to be dealt with as to who we were as an individual yes and something that i got from you this morning in our conversation that really struck me was that these children are sovereign beings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how it is important for us to let them know that they are sovereign beings. Yes. And within that sovereignty, we recognize that they are divine souls. Yes, ma'am. That yeah. there is a divinity to who they are. That we as parents have to acknowledge the spiritual essence of who our child is. Yes, absolutely. Getting to the core of that takes time. Because as they blossom and evolve and unfold, just like a rose as it unfolds and it blooms, we will learn new and different things about them.
0: We'll learn new and different things about ourselves as well. Absolutely. 100%. One thing that you just said, and I'd love to touch on is something that I say in my, you know, in my community of improvised parents, because I like to take the rules of improv, which I think are so magical, and apply them to parenting, because children do speak a different language than we do. And I believe they speak the language of play. So if we meet them where they're at, If we take that time to really get down on their level, meet them where they're at and engage with them actively in play, child-directed play, we will know so much about these sovereign beings that are here, that are sharing their presence with us.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: It's the word play,
1: you know, I think sometimes we we think that word is trite or we think that, well, what could really be going on in that play? One of the things I noticed with one of the grandchildren, and and I was saying earlier, sometimes it's easier with the grandchildren than it is with the children because we really are experimenting with the children, our own children, but constantly saying, "Will somebody play with me. Mm. And for him to be able to articulate that, that's just like off the charts. And I'm, look, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, he, he wants to play. This is how he expresses his life. Mm-hmm. This is how he sees the world through his play, through these activities and watching how we engage with each other because the beautiful thing about children, they see us. Mm-hmm. They see us. Mm-hmm. They know who we are. They know what makes us tick. We (laughs) might not always know what makes them tick. We're the ones that are doing the exploration and the discovery.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: They know us. And I don't know if it's, I think it goes all the way back to the womb Yes. Because they've had that time to be sitting in this incubation. And they've, they've experienced our emotions. They've experienced the tonality of our voices. Uh, they've experienced how we think and feel about stuff. So when they come out here, they're like, oh, man, I know this character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know what makes her tick.
0: Yep. <laughs> they know us better than we know ourselves. ourselves. They see us. They see straight through us
1: they are communicating with our souls
0: yeah
1: yep they go straight to the core of who we are
0: i agree with that i say they came here to be our teachers yes so if we look at it that way it's a it's a whole different (laughs) viewpoint it's a whole different perspective right and how beautiful is that yeah you know
1: it's it's just it's interesting I'm really looking forward to learning more about the improv parenting because it feels very natural and it Mm -hmm. feels very organic Yeah, because it has that, that essence of, well, let me see where my imagination and my creativity can go with this. I don't have so many constraints, you know? Mm-hmm. I can I can try to do all kinds of things in learning my child and interacting with my child and engaging with my child. I'm not in this restrictive box that says you gotta do it just like this, which doesn't fit with human nature mm-hmm. because there isn't a one thing that works mm-hmm. with everyone. Mm-hmm. And so improv gives you an opportunity to explore and and experiment with different things with that child to see what relates and how it allows them to communicate and share and engage
0: in their world yeah because they have a world (laughs) it's it's completely open-ended which is the beauty of it completely open-ended you don't have to have a beginning or an ending. You don't have to, ha- it's the process, not the product. Yep. It's it's that bonding experience. And when you connect in that on that arena, you're connecting with your higher mind. You're connecting with your subconscious. And those are things that are written on your soul. Those bonds yeah. you don't forget. It is yeah. a connection that's so powerful and so strong. And it's it's just etched in who you are.
1: Absolutely,
0: and it takes a life. life.
1: Learning how to communicate with them is just, not, I don't wanna make it sound simplistic, but the more you observe, see, we don't do enough observation. Mm -hmm. We are so engaged in, we've got so much of our own world that has encapsulated us and has, you know, this sense of huge responsibility um, that taking the time and it doesn't have to be long periods yeah. it's just like okay I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking dinner and Johnny's on the floor playing at my feet let me just turn my head for a moment and listen and look and perhaps say something and perhaps not say anything yeah. just observe yeah you'll catch glimpses of who they are and what they need. Then when you go to interact with them, you're not at a loss, you know? And when you play with them, you have to genuinely play with them Mm -hmm. because they know if you're BSing, (laughs) if they have your full attention and if they don't. Yes. You know, um, the other day I was on the phone and I was playing with Ua the grandchild in the family the five the four that just turned five <laughs> i'm looking at my phone and we're working with legos and he says you can put the phone down now
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i was so embarrassed is <laughs> i need you yes. yes i need you you yes. know and i think if we don't shut them down mm-hmm. they'll tell us what they need yes absolutely You know, and I think one of the things that's so unique about children, because they haven't had an opportunity yet to be tainted, the stuff they come in with when they come is just pure love. Yeah. They operate out of love. Yeah. Wanting it, giving it, and recognizing it when they see it and when they feel it. Yeah. So communicating what are the some of the things that are needed what tools are needed in communicating with our
0: children one undivided attention yeah <laughs> that's the thing that's hard for parents to give, i think and if parents just took a took a breath and got and were able to find six minutes a day it's a magic number six minutes <laughs> And do 100% focused attention on their child. It would change everything.
1: Everything.
0: Yeah. Everything. And sometimes when
1: when they come to us, it's okay to say, Johnny, you know what? I want to give you my full attention. Yes. So how about I say in five minutes and 10 minutes, mommy's going to sit down, daddy's going to sit down and it's just you and me time. Yeah. It's just you and me time. Yes. You know, they'll wait that five. They'll check in with you. Have the five minutes gone. <laughs> yeah,
0: Five minutes over yet? This is a long five minutes, mommy. But they they'll know. remember. Yeah. They will remember when you promise them that time. It, and they have an eternal clock. Don't you yes. think they don't? Yes. They might not be able to tell
1: the time on the clock. <laughs> they have an eternal clock that tells yeah. them time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it has to be that time of undivided attention. And another little thing that I that I've picked up too is sometimes we're so intensely engaged that we try to finish their words.
0: Mm-hmm. We shouldn't
1: do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's no no.
0: Resist the urge.
1: <laughs> Resist the urge, because it it might they might be going in a totally different direction and yeah sometimes they might not have all the words mm-hmm. you know that they're looking for but just give them the little time and space to come up with what it is they're trying to say yeah. you don't have to finish the words yeah. and if it's taking a long time then it's maybe can i help you with that yes tell me more about what it is you're trying to say yeah you know and look you know Intensely interested in what it is they're trying to say. So that giving that full attention and not trying to surmise and finish what their thoughts are. So that they don't feel rushed also to express themselves, that they know they have time to sit with it a bit and be able to express
0: themselves yeah and that leads me to the subject of listening because there's a whole piece of that that how how do we learn as parents to sit and listen listening stay listening active listening yes that takes patience and it takes time and it takes some element of control on our own triggers and our yes. own feelings. It takes some awareness on those things that we just sit with their big feelings or we sit yes. with their whatever their machinations of you know imagination. We sit with it. It's important. And it validates,
1: it honors, and it respects yeah. that sovereign being. Yeah. That divine soul. And that's, that's a key to communicating with your children and your child. Um, also, I think another good thing to do might be to do a recap with that listening mm-hmm. to make sure that you're hearing what it is they, they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. So I hear you saying, and a lot of times they'll say, no, that's not what I was, <laughs> oh, yes, you know? Do. Yes. So let's, let's, let's talk about this some more. You know, because it could be exactly what they were saying, but because you said you think you know what they were saying, Mm -hmm. you know, because they want to say, is she really listening?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And then what do we do with what it is that they have expressed? And like you were saying earlier, when we were talking about sitting with feelings that are sad feelings, Mm -hmm. and it's okay to have those sad feelings. Mm
0: Yeah. Yeah my mm-hmm. daughter expressed that to me now that if I was any character in the movie Inside and Out, with, with Inside Out which I feel is very insightful yes. it, it's a wonderful movie and I am I think inherently joy so I'm like big I'm like, <laughs> let's have a good time what can we do to have fun and my daughter is this little like old soul Pisces kind of <laughs> quiet and pensive and She's like, could you just chill out? (laughs) You don't
1: always have to be happy, mommy.
0: That's right. And straight up tells me that. And so if she's sad and I'm like, what can I do to to help you feel better? And she's like, mommy, sometimes it's okay to be sad. And I'm like, wow,
1: you are. You (laughs) learned something.
0: That's right. She is my teacher.
1: (laughs) True. it's true. And then to go back. Every once in a while, and check in. How how how's it going? Yeah. Are you still sitting with that sadness? Yeah. Just to make sure that they're allowed to do that, but not to wallow in it. Yeah. And so you begin to learn your child, in terms of what it is you can do to bring them through that experience. Yeah. You know what are the little what are the little things you know that helps them to process because eventually as an adult when we all know we have those times of sadness mm. and those low ebbs that we're feeling emotionally we're giving them tools from childhood to know how to process those things as adults as well and that's the th- because What do we really want as parents? Mm -hmm. And I've told this to my kid five million times. I know she's tired of me saying this to her. But every time she has another challenge as an adult, I say to her, remember, the only thing I'm asking you to do is to be whole, healthy, and generally happy.
0: (laughs) Generally happy, right?
1: (laughs) Generally happy. Because in that state of being, I know you can take care of yourself. Yeah, And I also know that that's what you're worthy of. Yeah. And I want you to always know you're worthy of being healthy, physically, emotionally, and mentally. Mm-hmm. You're, and that brings you wholeness of being. Yes, And that, yeah, you're going to have times when you're sad and upset. But generally, I want you to be able to be happy. And what are the things that make you happy? Let's honor those things that make you happy.
0: Yeah, I asked my daughter to write a list. She's st- ah. still waiting for her to write it because she knew I was up to something. But <laughs> the whole idea, but the whole idea was to go. Okay, these are the list of things that make you happy, so you can always refer back to these when you're feeling down. My wish for my child is that she has coping skills. So this is a lot of times what leads to mental breakdowns, is the failure to cope. We don't know how to cope with things outside of our world, things we can't control. So that general feeling of being out of control right. lingers. It doesn't. It, they never find a way to come back into that feeling, that sense of control. So that right. has always been at the top of my list. Interestingly
1: enough, one of the things that we have done with our children is we have taught them, to meditate. Yeah. I'll never forget <laughs> my sister Patty's daughter was about eight years old and she went to play at a friend's house and when Patty came to pick her up the mother said you know Patty I don't know I think I think that maybe Leilani got upset today because she, all the kids were playing and I you know they were having this great time and loud and just having a ball and I looked over and Leilani was sitting under a tree and I asked her what she was doing and she said I'm meditating (laughs) (laughs) so Patty said she had to tell her well you know this is one of the things we've taught our kids that when they're feeling overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and they're feeling out of control and in our culture the old folks call it being beside yourself (laughs) (laughs) you're not in yourself or beside yourself yeah um to take out time and go sit by yourself and 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 meditate yeah and that has been a coping skill my daughter (laughs) at at some 40 years of age now i mean and is in a very stressful job and she says mom sometimes i just pull over and i just zen out Yeah. And I do some deep breathing. And so that's another thing we've taught the kids, how to breathe, yeah, how to take those deep breaths. And we've taught them different kinds of breaths to take because there are different kinds of breaths for different kinds of situations. That's right. That's these right. are tangible things that we can teach children from a very early age to do. Right. How to step aside, meditate, compose yourself, how to take those breaths when things are overwhelming you and you feel that you don't have the parameters around you to support you, you know, because they'll have those times as little ones when they don't, they don't have that mentor there. They don't have that mommy there. They don't have that teacher there that's recognizing that something's going on. Mm -hmm. Just step back and step out. And the other thing is that it's okay to be mad. Yeah. And it's okay to say I'm angry. Yes. It's okay to say I'm not happy about this.
0: That they is don't like this. Yes, it's so powerful. And especially for our girls, because we it's un, it's it's not pretty to be angry. It's yes. not becoming to To have anger in your body and to express your anger. And we need to move past that stereotype. There's a wonderful article that I published in my parent support group about teaching our girls how to productively express their anger. Have it and what to do with it. Yes. Because it's an important part of their emotional sovereignty. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And for our
1: boys, it's important that they know they can cry. Yes. 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 You're upset. You want to cry? Cry. It's a human emotion. It's not about being a girl or being. There are human emotions that they have to understand. And that's our job to validate that for them. Feel those emotions and deal with those emotions. Yeah. If we don't, if we feel them and we're not allowed to deal with them, then all they do is that we're piling them one on top of the other. Yes. and eventually there's going to be an explosion yep there's going to be that breakdown because i i don't have the tools to deal with it and i'm not allowed to deal with it yeah so i can't stand when parents say stop crying oh, what, what are you talking about <laughs>
0: that's a trigger for me too When I, it makes me cringe like if you hear a parent saying stop crying um i hear you that's yeah, and there's another, you know, it's
1: like when you are finished crying, mm-hmm. when you're cried out, then let's talk. Yeah. Or when you're cried out, you know, let me know. And even to be able to hold that child yeah. when they're crying. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times we, as they get older, we don't realize the touch is so important the good touch yeah is so to be able to be held by mom when i'm upset and to be able to held be held by dad and grandma and grandpa, that 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 hug of love and
0: it, it it is another safety net for children it's it's the most powerful thing you can give them there's nothing nothing more comforting than that hug from From a supportive like grandmother, mother, father, that is invaluable. Invaluable. And I
1: know I'm connected to you. I'm part of you. You're part of me. It's and and I mean they're just to to me they're just no words for it. And I've seen so many times I've 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 heard parents say you're too big for that. You're too big. You're too big to be hugged. You know what is that? We're never too big to be hugged. You know, the human touch, the good touch, the touch of love Mm. is priceless. It's priceless. And we need it all of our lives from beginning
0: to end. Yeah. And guess what parents, my daughter's 10 and she's like, "Eh, not so much anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Soak it up while well, you can because yeah. there's going to be a block of time from like 10 to 18 that they're going to be like back off mom <laughs> still with it that. <laughs> that's right you're going to be begging for it it's going to it's going to be flipped
1: <laughs> oh my god this this thing of parenting it's it's i know it's a challenge but my gosh what a gift to be challenged this way
0: yeah, I, I look at it that way as well, Beth, because my daughter and I have some really special times and some special, I don't know, this, a special relationship because it is just the two of us, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, there are times where I'm like, she needs other input than just me, so Throughout the coronavirus, it was challenging. And then also being the only parent and having to deal with my own like grief of my my parent, that was tricky too. So one of the most powerful tools that I could give my daughter was transparency. I'm struggling today. I can't move because I'm so sad. How can we make this work in your world? Like just having a conversation with her about it. And And
1: openness and that honesty, those are nuggets of the jewels that she'll keep. Because now she now sees what it is to have someone transition in someone's life that is loved Mm. and how you are coping with it. Mm -hmm. And there are days that you cope with it better than other days. And that's really okay. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, I think it's important because, and I want to go further down this road because I know for me, there were a lot of questions around, is this normal? Because I would go three days of feeling great and then have two days of just being floored. And that was my kind of my cycle. And I didn't know if it was normal or not. And I wasn't brought up in a way that my emotions were, you know, that accepted. I didn't get to see what was normal. Yeah. So that was tricky too. It's like, okay, I got to figure out what's normal for me. Right. Right. And then try to embody that and have that conversation with my, my kiddo, you know, not based on (laughs) my color, everything, because what is age appropriate is the only thing. This is what's age appropriate. And then bring her into it in a way that's loving informative and where she feels seen and heard, you know, and safe and safe. Yes. I'm going through things. Yes. I'm still safe. and you're still going s- Yes. This. That's so important. That's yeah. a big deal. That's something that came up on my last podcast about like really you know, traumatic events to parents mm-hmm. happen to kids. And what we do during and after those have the most impact. And like we were talking about earlier, that repair piece, when you have a trauma event, you're going through it at afterwards, you do the repair. So that was really scary. So that was, that was hard. And let's talk Um, about what happened there. And there, and the, the, the thing about grief
1: from death and loss From transitioning from this plane to the next plane. No one can tell you how to grieve. Right. That's right. There really is no normal. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look for it, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Because
0: so much
1: of it is the fabric of the relationship. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. And The timeline, nobody can tell you how long to grieve. Nobody can tell you what that's going to look like. No one can tell you how to feel. It's all your fabric with the fabric intertwined with the fabric of the person that you've lost. Mm -hmm. My daughter's father was killed when she was five. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And so there have been years of repair Wow, oh, yeah because the impact of losing a parent at five years of age just before a month or so before going into kindergarten has had a lifetime imprint on her life Ooh. and i have tried to do the repair i've tried to be the repair <laughs> you know But I began to learn that that is something that she will have to do for herself. Yeah. Because that is her journey and how she finds a way to not just cope, not, I hate the word tolerate, Mm-hmm. but how I like the word process yeah how she processes through that experience because there have been different times in her life where I know she's looked for him Oh yeah, you know, that role of the father and and relatives have stepped up but it's not the same it's not the same it's not the same and so what that looks like I can't define it. She has to define it for herself. But I really do believe that the experiences that we have in life are the lessons we've chosen
0: for life. I agree with that. And there are contracts. There are contracts. That's, that's <laughs> there are contracts. I had this conversation just yesterday about the contracts <laughs> that are signed before we even mm. enter the womb. Yes. Yep. I. I do believe this? I absolutely you know, believe that. In
1: that contract, there are lessons that are woven into experiences to help us to evolve continually into our divinity. Yeah, into the soul essence of who we are. And those lessons—that's why I don't believe they're mistakes, right? No. And so you don't beat yourself up. Oh, I should have done it this way. And if I hadn't have done this. No, it's all a divine plan. Yeah. And what we have to do, and it's so difficult. <laughs> there are two, two lessons in life, the most difficult lessons in the world <laughs> that we will ever have. Surrendering mm. and patience. Yes. And when we... Totally surrender, and we realize that we can plan all we want, but we're not really navigating this stuff. (laughs) So you might as well surrender and enjoy the trip. That's right. Get on board, you know, because ultimately who you are going to discover, and this is what we want for our children. We Mm -hmm. want them to grow up to be able to do this when you really discover the essence of who you are as this divine being that has been brought here to contribute and make a difference in this world, Mm -hmm. the love you are going to feel for yourself. Yes. The love that you're gonna feel for yourself. It's like, it takes your breath away.
0: It does, it makes your whole body ring. It makes your whole body tingle. Yes, it's amazing. It's amazing. So
1: we've got a lot of work to do as parents. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but we have to realize
1: too that while we're parenting, we're being parented. Yeah. We're being we're not in this by ourselves, by no imagination.
0: No, yeah. and parents there's that supportive community is out there. And I want to implore parents to just reach out and find that community. Reach your hand out and touch another parent. Get connected to as many parents as possible because it truly does take a village. This yeah. is this is also something that you so beautifully talk about in your book. And that's why I love this book so much. It covers so much of the groundwork as parents that is, it, is a huge part of what we can do for our children.
1: And to know what we have to do. One of the little things that I'll, I'd like to read that's in the book is this poem that I think speaks to parents. It's entitled, I realize. Yes. I realize I've been given a gift, okay? To be your parent. And as your parent, I realize that this is a lifetime commitment. Mm. I realize this means that I have the responsibility to be your lifetime earthly spirit guide. I realize you are a gift given to me with great intention. And you and I are connected by divine design. I realize you are expecting me to take my responsibility seriously, and I understand I cannot be your friend and your spirit guide at the same time. I realize you are expecting me to love you, to guide you, to support you, to discipline you with consistency and continuity. I realize I must follow through with what I proclaim to be truth, justice, integrity and genuine love for you. So you will ultimately develop your own sense of conscience and personal values. I realize I must be intentional in spending time with you, praying with you, playing with you, laughing with you, crying with you, listening to you and problem solving with you. I realize I have a responsibility to provide for you, to make sure you have all of the resources you need, okay, and experiences you need to be a whole, healthy, happy, and confident human being. I realize you're not me and I'm not you. I am your spirit guide. I have a responsibility to observe you and discover who you are and what great spirit has ordained for you to contribute to society. So I can support you on your journey to greatness. I realize that you came here knowing who you are and what you must do. And if I honor and respect you, and if I demand that others do the same, you will blossom into the full expression of beauty And this world will be better because of you. Mm. I realize I have a responsibility to be all I can be. So you will know I expect you to do the same. I realize our love for each other will last beyond this lifetime and the next. And what we build with each other today will last forever. I realize you are my gift, and I am yours. And that's what they need to know as parents. That's the blueprint. Yeah. And so much of it is just being us. Yeah. Because they chose us. Right. <laughs> they chose us. They knew They knew that there was something in us. Yeah that they needed to fulfill their purpose yes and we need to celebrate that and we need to acknowledge it yeah we need
0: we can't teach them to love themselves if we don't love ourselves and that is a big piece that is a really big piece because at the end of the day I think a lot of parents question their parenting and they feel guilty and they feel like that feeling that I felt around grief. Am I doing this the right way? Am I, my kid went to bed upset or cried for two hours. I'm a horrible parent. (laughs) And I want to let every single parent out there know that we've all, everyone goes through it. Every single parent goes through that. It doesn't make you a bad parent. Parenting guilt, I want anyone with parenting guilt to please call me because you don't need to feel guilty. You're, you've taken the biggest, most important. Uh, evolutionary <laughs> important step in your life. You are growing. You are expanding your universe, our universe, yes. just by welcoming this child into your world. So I... that step alone yes. is what's important, and. When you focus on the positive and the love, that's what comes out. When you feed it negativity, just like these images we see going around the internet, if they have one half of an apple that gets negative recording and one half of an apple that gets all positive recording and the negative side is a shriveled up moldy apple yeah. and the positive side is, is just like it was the moment it was cut. And that's because it's the truth when yes. we when we feed positivity to our kids positive language even though we need to say no and set limits sometime we right. can do that in a positive way and i and i think giving children the reasoning behind the
1: parameters behind mm. the limits helps them to understand so much and, um not just the no Yeah, there's going to be no's and they're going to get no's from other people. Yeah. It's not realistic to believe that there's no no in the world because it is a word and it is real.
0: Yes, it is. But
1: how we deliver that no so that they know, so that when they're older and others are using no to them, they can then, my grandmother used to say, your kids have too much mouth because they're always asking you why.
0: Well, let's talk about that. Because (laughs) at three years old, this is what kids ask. Why, why, why? That's just what came up for me when you were saying that. Because they are curious and they want to know why. Why?
1: And and so we can give them those limits and we can give them the why behind those limits. Yeah. And and they're going to be thinking about the why. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they might not say or respond at that moment to the to the no and the why, but they go away with it. Yeah. And the next time it comes up, it's, oh, I can't do this because it's this. Yeah. And that's all practice, but it's important. The guilt, the guilt comes from being judgmental.
0: Yes. is something
1: we as parents have to eliminate within ourselves.
0: It's the most judgmental job there is. It's the most judgmental job out there. We're being judged by our parents, yes, our partner's parents, other parents, society, the people so in the restaurant.
1: Place where we just, you know, we practice the I'm, and we give this to our children. We're not going to judge other people, right? We're not in a position to judge other people. Therefore. I need to stop judging myself. Yeah. Because that judgment is what leads to the guilt. So let me look at this situation differently. Instead of saying, I've done something wrong. Why not say, was there another way I could have done this? Because I don't feel comfortable. But if you feel comfortable with it, hey, why judge it? Right. But if you don't feel comfortable with it, then let me... Let me examine it mm-hmm. and see if next time I want to do this a different way. Right. But we got it. Because if we're doing that judgment to ourselves, then unconsciously we're probably doing it to our children. Yes, we are. And if then you- they learn.
0: Yes. And we can't let it in. Society yeah. will give us judgment gifts all over town. Like, okay. You know, yeah. you're at a restaurant, your kid is crying, you're out at the grocery store and your kid's running around. You will get all these judgment gifts from people with their eyes, with their behaviors, with their words. No, thank you. You can keep that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually what happens
1: there's a body language that takes over that mm-hmm. when we get to a place where we free ourselves up from judging ourselves mm-hmm. as human beings and judging ourselves as parents, you give off a different air. And it's like, well, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. That's on, that's on you. I'm not feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. My kids, you know, my kids. All right. Now this might not be your cup of tea, but Hey, to each their own. That's right. You just can't you begin to carry yourself differently. Mm-hmm. And then your kids carry themselves differently. Yeah. And think differently about themselves.
0: Yeah. So it starts with us. Yeah, it starts with us. You're right. It's, and it's a process. And it's it is a
1: lifetime process.
0: A, that's right. And I always tell my parents, it's it's small steps, yes. small adjustments in just the way you do things, the way it's just these small little steps that make these big outcomes, these big, wonderful outcomes. You know, one of my favorite, and we were talking about listening earlier, one of my, one of the things that when parents, a lot, almost every parent says this, my kid just doesn't listen. I thought it about my own kid. She's not listening. You're not listening. Why isn't she listening? And it's something that I examine on that repair side of parenting a lot. Like she wasn't listening. Let me, one, let me try to figure out why she's not listening and what, it, what I'm doing. Yes. That's making that the outcome, her not hearing me. Right. What am I not doing to get her attention?
1: There's that communication again.
0: That's right. So a lot of parents go, hey, you know, they revert to yeah. the bigger voice, you know, and I'll straight up tell my kid, like, you know, I've, I'm feeling not heard. So my big voice is about to come out. <laughs> so just so you know, <laughs> it's oh, coming, sister, <laughs> It's coming. you know, so it's not, I mean, we don't always have the luxury of having that patience piece or yeah. that. And time to to process everything so that's was my workaround i yeah. let her know like hey when my big voice comes out i mean business you know so yeah. when you hear my big voice it's time to pay attention right because it might be a matter of life or death it might be an emergency right. situation but that big voice has weight yes
1: yeah and they know
0: and they know they know, yeah. they know.
1: um they know it's interesting. They have their own little clue system. Mm-hmm. If the full name is used, okay. uh-huh. ah, I go from Beth to Elizabeth. Okay, and the
0: check myself. That's right. And
1: the Elizabeth, your tone goes <laughs> down like your voice. Yes. <laughs> I used to drive us crazy. Is my mother would get quieter, quieter, and it's like, oh my god. Okay, what's happening? <laughs> is, she, is she gonna stop talking next <laughs> so you have to find those little things that work with your kid yeah you know you de- you develop those little communication tools those little those little clues okay her voice is getting soft oh she's raising her voice mm-hmm. they know the tonalities that we use yeah are different tones of our voice they know when we're using the voice that's asking them to do something hmm that's usually when they're gonna check out. Yep. <laughs> so we can kind of play this little game with each other sometimes, you know? Yep. Trick each other. But it's it's fun. It's fun. Yep. Now they and then they get to a point where they do the selective hearing. Yeah. I know you heard what I said. Oh, uh, did you say something? Oh, I know you heard. That's why I'm not repeating it. You heard me. Play the tape. <laughs> play the tape. <laughs> <laughs> all the monitors we have in our houses now <laughs> go to the monitor play the tape kid yeah. but anyway it's well, fun.
0: yeah what are the fun things that I know one of my parents brought in to um, talk about what we're talking uh, in regards to what we're talking about was the counting and she's like I don't know what it is about the counting <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know how long it's going to last or how long it's going to be effective, but the counting, every time. Funny. It's funny, but it does work for a while. Yeah, right?
1: Know. Right? Don't let me get to four. Yeah. One, two. <laughs> the eyebrow goes up. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Well, this has been so much fun. Thanks. I've so been thoroughly fun. enjoyed Chatting with you and having an opportunity to, to Thank share. Thank
0: Beth. And I want to just remind everybody out there, Beth Evans has written a beautiful book called Embracing the Gift of, Parent- of Parenthood. And we have haven't even touched on a quarter of it. So I would love to have you back. Yeah. We talked a lot about the spirit guide and I want to dive deeper into that. And there's also something you talk about in here about a covenant that we have. And I want to have a deeper dive into that. So I would love for you to come back on our show. And oh,
1: definitely want to come. It's
0: fun. Yeah, absolutely. And talk more about that. And before you go, will you please tell all of our listeners where they can find you themselves? <laughs> okay.
1: So you can find the book on Amazon. It's also with Barnes & Noble. Um If you want to chat, you want to get in touch, you want to be an advocate, check us out on heartforkidsadvocacy.org. That's where we are. Beautiful.
0: (laughs) Thank you again. And I look forward to talking to you again Again soon.